TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom in the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. It's time for pole's position. The Bears have the number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? We're going to evaluate the draft class, and I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away. We're counting down the days to the NFL Draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Are you ready for people to start questioning whether you're the, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next I mean, year? I am. I would trade Justin Fields. I'm Justin Fields all the way. I love the kids. What I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're finna package him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Wow, I did not know that. That's a good, that's a good old insight right there. There's many things you can do. Uh, um, yeah, a trade back. So um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a <laughs> The Bears would be absolutely insane yeah. to trade you. Put your pom-poms down in Chicago, Justin Fields. He's not a star. Poles position with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. That's a good pick. Bears taking Parkinson and Spiegel number one overall. I like it. Yeah, why not? Uh, every day, three o'clock, trying to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles. He owns the offseason and figuring out what he is or is not going to do. He spoke today at the Combine. Molly and Haw seem to coin the term Poles position today on their show. They came up with that. I think so. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, we're going to just, we're going to take it from him and start doing it every day. At uh, at three o'clock, so that's the plan. And we talked already about uh, I be, continue to be emboldened that the most obvious move is the correct one. That they will trade from one to four, pick up the thirty fifth fifth pick in the draft, and next year's first round pick, and that'll be the main trade down. But for today, we are going to discuss what he said about the offensive line what that means for the guys already on the offensive line, and what it could potentially mean for the Bears in the draft. Haven't we all asked people a version of this? Um, during the year, uh, after the year, I think you mentioned that you were texting Olin Crude something like, hey, can you tell me left to right, what's the best way to line up these people? I steal a lot of takes from Olin Crude's when we text. and yeah. I often give him credit for it. Even just today, I asked him... Uh, in anticipation of this, I said, do you think Braxton Jones could be a right tackle? And he said, there's a lot to this question, but yes. And I said, trust me, I know I'm not qualified to fully answer. I was just curious if it was possible. Mm-hmm. He said, actually, you're overqualified. You're on the radio. Don't let qualifications get in the way. And I was like, you're right. Wow. I'm just going to say it loudly and confidently. Yeah. 
Uh, that's the closest we've been to an Owen segment in a while. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, so Take just about anything that Owen says with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here to exclusively report that Braxton Jones has what it takes to be a right tackle. Because what I heard from Ryan Poles today made me realize that nobody's locked in anywhere. That's the way that I think I heard what I heard. All right, so let's hear Ryan Poles to set up this edition of Poles Position as we evaluate the former offensive lineman who is the current general manager of the Bears talking about the offensive lineman currently on the roster. Yeah, we're always, especially the O-line, we're always going to look to add. Um, That's a place, and we went through it this year, and I've talked about it before, you're starting five. Like That's not going to be the group more than likely at the very end of the season. So you got to be deep. Um, you got to be healthy. you got to be versatile. Guys can play inside and outside. So uh, we're comfortable you know, with some of the guys that are there. We didn't get to see everybody in the, in the proper position. Uh, but I think uh, that's a position we'll always look to add and improve, and we're going to add competition. I think that's the key is even the guys that are there that seem solidified, like there's going to be opportunity to create competition where they got to go and elevate their game just like everybody else. And we'll put the best five out there. Do you have a philosophy at that position versus the comfort of a rookie? I know obviously Braxton did it for you guys. Yeah. A rookie stepping in versus a known veteran who, you know, doesn't have to worry about the college to pro transition when you're trying to build this thing. Yeah, I think you got to be open-minded. Um, some guys are going to come in and they're just going to take off. You know, with Braxton's case, I just remember going through all of those phases. Like, man, this guy just keeps getting better and better and better. He never backed down from the pressure of it, and then went through the whole season and and. I thought he did a really good job in terms of the ups and downs that come with it. Um, so we're not going to really put a ceiling on anyone's ability to do that. So we'll be open-minded. If someone comes in and wants to take a job and they do it and they do it consistently, then that's just the way it's going to play out. So, man, uh, even some of the guys who you think are established, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if they moved around. He said that they had guys last year that didn't get to play the positions that they wanted them to play. Well, so that's Lucas Patrick. Who they wanted to play center but couldn't cause the hand, so he played a bunch of guard and got manhandled. Right, there. Lucas Patrick has to be the main guy that he's talking about there. Obviously, Tevin Jenkins wanted to play tackle and then played guard, and we'll hear him on, on Tevin in a little bit. But that that I I I, I heard that part as Lucas Patrick. That makes sense because because they added so few in free agency. I thought that they really did telegraph stuff like <laughs> Eberflus wanted a three technique. They tried to get Ogan Joby. They missed. And, and he wanted the lineman from Buffalo, and they missed. At, right, and Getze wanted an off, uh, an offensive lineman to help his quarterback understand his system, and they got him, but he got hurt, mm-hmm. and he couldn't really play. So I thought that they were very deliberate in what they tried to do at free agency, and it just largely failed spectacularly. All right, so you hear guys out of position playing out and didn't play the position they wanted, and you hear Lucas Patrick and maybe Tevin. Is what you're saying, uh, right? Yeah, because I mean, I I think that Bra- I think Braxton but, but Brax- Jones is he was a left tackle in college, came here and played left tackle, came here and played left tackle, and <laughs> I keep thinking about Charles Leno when I think about Braxton Jones. Like sometimes you find a guy and he's a very serviceable NFL and, left tackle, and he doesn't have to be great to be a great draft pick. Like it's it's a the whole thing in a salary capped sport is do you get more out of the person than you pay them or invest in them? Mm-hmm. So like when the Bears got 16 games when Charles Leno would play every game, you know, for years yeah. as a seventh round pick and he was middle of the road. Well, that's a great draft. Pick. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if, if Braxton Jones is a league average left tackle mm-hmm. that they got in the fifth round, 
and he stays healthy, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a find for Ryan Hey, man, you know me. I'm a longtime Braxton Jones guy. You know, yeah, you always were. Two-time first-team mm-hmm. all-big sky. Yeah. Okay? But who was he talking about when he says even some of the guys that you might think are more established might move? Like, who's established? Cody Whitehair. Like, are they going to do a post-June 1 move and just eat some money so that's on good, Cody Whitehair? That's a good buy. That, that, that's that, a that, straight that, good buy. Well, that would, that, that's possible. But don't you think it's possible? And this was the, and you must, since this was the, I believe, the impetus for your, your text with Olin, because I certainly heard Braxton Jones could be a right tackle. If, I, if, if they come out of this draft with a, a blue-chip left tackle, whether it's yeah. – Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern or Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Like, and they've traded down twice and they end up with one of those guys. They happen to love one of those guys. Yeah. Could they just go ahead and put in their blue chip there and move Braxton over to right tackle? Yeah. I, again, like, you know, so I, yes, that, that is why I asked Olin. He, he said it could happen. There's a lot to the question. You know, traditionally, the right tackle's a little bit more of a mauler um, and a run blocker mm-hmm. and your your left tackle who's protecting the blind side is maybe gonna certainly you want him to be your best offensive lineman uh but also maybe slightly more value on pass protection or more emphasis on pass protection mm-hmm. because the quarterback can't see the hit coming so you know it is the most rudimentary way to talk about it but yeah I I think any of these guys could move they could move on from, or they could move, or they could upgrade over. None of their offensive linemen. I know Pro Football Focus had some grades that were good, and for I, Tevin and for Braxton, I I know, but the unit was so bad overall, and they were particularly bad in pass blocking grades in obvious passing situations. When it was like third and seven or longer, mm-hmm. they were the worst pass blocking offensive line in football. So, you know, I I don't think any of these guys you should be totally sold on and convinced. Tevin Jenkins is cheap and was a part of it was a pretty good run blocker on a pretty good run blocking offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's your right guard. I think Cody Whitehair is your left guard simply because of money. Like, I, I, I think. I, I don't think you're going to eat cap space to create another hole on your offensive line for what reason. I, I, don't, I, I assume Cody Whitehair is here one more year. So when he's talking about guys who could play inside or outside as he's scouting here and he's at the combine, he's yeah. talking about that's what he's looking for. Now, certainly if you're taking somebody in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, like they took a bunch of offensive linemen last year, you want guys who you might be able to move around. When we just saw Tevin as a guy that they moved around. But my mind also then goes to Skaronsky, who you know I love, the tackle from Northwestern, whose arms may measure out shorter than you'd like an NFL tackle to be, but is the best tackle in this draft, according to a lot of people, had a level of dominance at Northwestern and was born for it, et cetera. Like, you know, the, the grandson of the Packers tackle, who always wanted to be a tackle, all of that. Yeah. So would they draft Skaronsky knowing – that he could play inside, as some are projecting, if need be, if Braxton is a better fit at left tackle, or Skaronsky could maybe move to right tackle. Or, like, I mean, so it is is it appetizing for them, this idea of Skaronsky being able to play inside yeah. and outside? Yes, I mean, ver- versatility is always good, but it's not – no one ever was like um, 
You know that Teron Armstead. It's a shame he doesn't play enough guard. You know, like if if, if you if if you have a if you're using a premium top ten draft asset yeah. on an offensive lineman, almost exclusively, that's a left tackle. You know, Quentin Nelson at six, Mike McGlinchey at nine. That's a right tackle. Lane Johnson was drafted at four to be a left tackle, but moved to to right tackle. Ended up being you know all pro at that position. You know, but like, and that's going back to 2013. And I'm not saying that there aren't more. Those are the ones that off the top I came up with basically off the top of my head before uh, before the show. I wonder if they what if they is it possible that they that they think Skaronsky at guard could be their Quentin Nelson? I just. I like that, him as a tackle, but well, that, so so like okay, so that that's interesting. The Colts did that at six, right? Uh huh. They trade down they twice; had, they could do it at eight. What year was that? Help me out. Why am I free? So that that was the year that they drafted Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. Andrew Luck hadn't retired yet, right? Oh no, right? Andrew Luck was there. Yeah. So like, that was a luxury pick. But Quentin Nelson was regarded as the best guard prospect that we had seen in so long. It was super rare mm-hmm. for that to happen. I just, where could you, like, so what you're saying is they would trade down in the first round, draft Skaronsky, and play him at guard. What scenario exists where Bears fans are happy that the first pick in this draft is an interior uh-huh. offensive lineman? I think you would have to have traded to, like, 12 or 15 uh-huh. and picked up multiple future first rounds picks. Wait till the second pick is uh is a center. I you can't do it. <laughs> you you can't do Jingleheimer. that. Jingleheimer. You can't do that. Michael Jingleheimer Schmidt. I, listen, I listen, I His I name lo- is Shane's name too. I, I forget his I, name. I love your love of Skaronsky. I respect the offensive line. I love Poles being a former offensive lineman. Uh-huh. You can't draft you can't say with the seventh pick in the draft, we took Peter Skaronsky. We're going to try him at tackle, but worst case scenario is he's our left guard. Worst case scenario, he's our Quentin you, Nelson. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. Well, wait. No, you can't. No, if you said worst case scenario, he's Quentin Nelson. Yeah. But Quentin Nelson's the best guard we've seen in 15 years coming to the NFL. Uh, uh-huh. I hear you. Like, that's not, you know, you'd have to be saying, like, we think he's a Hall of Fame guard. I don't think that's happening, mm-hmm. man. I, I don't I don't think that that's on the board. But he, so here's it's interesting though when you talk about guards and Tevin Jenkins and Ryan Poles. He was on again with our guys at CHGO and they talked about evaluations and how you can look back at past evaluations and guys you got right or might have missed on. Are there any examples on this roster right now of guys that maybe you had wrong when you were at Kansas City that you it, that 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 maybe you had, um, you know, not as highly graded when you were with the Chiefs, but then you came here and you're like, oh, actually this guy's way better than, than we thought when I was with the Chiefs. Not too many, which is actually cool to, you know, have evaluated in, in one organization and then shift over and see them, you know, in your own building and see them grow. Uh, most of it was, was pretty correct. I'd say the one that stands out, you know, maybe Tevin with tackle to guard would be one. I thought he settled in really well there and uh, shows potential to be, you know, really good at that position. So um, positionally, that's probably one thing that was a little bit different than I thought. I thought he'd be, you know, a tackle, um, but the versatility was surprising and it was really helpful for us. That's really interesting. And because what I what I hear now after we talked about it in the pre-show is he's talking about what he thought of Tevin when Tevin was drafted. 
not like what he thought of Tevin in this past camp, his first camp with him. Yeah, he's saying his evaluation of him heading into the draft, he thought so, he was a tackle, and now it's clear that he's better as a guard. Right, because what we also know that he thought at his first training camp was that Tevin was not a good tackle. Like, it, we know that he thought that. Yeah. Because we kept trying to figure out, why doesn't he like Tevin Jenkins? He just didn't like him as a tackle. Thought he was only going to be a tackle and thought that he wasn't going to be a very good one, which is why there are trade rumors, why Tevin stayed inside for a while. Right. And all of that. And then he moves him to guard. And he's like, oh, I guess Tevin can play guard. So that that's that's the way I hear that now. That's I, interesting. I do, too. Um, and so we – but. Uh, Oh, man. Versatility is good with offensive linemen and with people and oh, for, sure. Sh- for sure. But guard, but, but guard is uh, a guard is a secondary position to tackle regardless. Of course, they had they had a below average left tackle and a disastrous right tackle situation this past year. You got to and you don't have a center. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like you, if you, I don't think you can come out of this draft, even mm-hmm. if you said it was Quentin Nelson and say, that was our top ad in this year's draft. Like people were saying, someone texted in earlier, like, would you trade from one to four and take Quentin Nelson and DeForest Buckner instead of the second round pick and next year's first? No. Next year's first round pick is more valuable than Quentin Nelson. He just like, and, and Quentin Nelson's great. I know his grade was a little down this year compared to previous years, but he he's a great player. Mm. But you you and I don't think Ryan Poles will do that, man. He he just using the Roquan Smith example. He he has talked about premium positions. He's said it a bunch. Like yeah. think about where I came from, premium positions, skill position guys. I I think he knows three technique, edge, corner. Receiver, tackle, quarterback. Those are your six premium positions. I like the texture who said that he wants, when he trades down from one to four, the texture wants uh, the number four pick, the number 35 pick, Quentin Nelson, DeForest Buckner, and next year's number one. Yeah, sure. I'll take that, too. Yeah. That, that, that'd be great. I'm looking well, at the uh, Quentin Nelson draft, by the way. He went six. Josh Allen went seven. He's pretty good. Roquan Smith went number eight. And it's the same draft where Mike McGlinchey, the free agent right tackle from San Fran, went number nine. That's a good top ten. Uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield scuttle the pitch. It's a, it's a, so it's a good six through ten. So it's, a, it's a rougher top five. Um on Bourbon and a Buddy, Shane asked Kyle Long about arm length, just to kind of put a bow on this thing with the uh, – mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't normally break out the boat this early uh, – on the idea of if Skaronsky's arms are too short for, for him to play tackle. I'm not going to say that as it pertains to Skaronsky, I think his game is, is good. But you'll never know until you get to the, to the league when the measurables get – exponentially larger these guys are longer faster stronger i do believe that arm length is pertinent for the tackle position i do think that a guy like i had 33 and a third arms i was below average when i played guard it was like peeling bananas when i was healthy i was it was like peeling bananas getting hands on guys when you're at tackle it's like when a guy like you and me goes to step on an nba court and you're just like, whoa, these guys are like longer than I thought. And they right. can touch me from further away. They can block my shot from over there. Oh, my God. You need that length, that tackle, to be able to touch guys before they touch you. So can you draft a guy like that to play guard at nine? Um, I mean, that's wh- not – What were you that's taking, not, like 14? I was a 20. 20. And, 
and um, that was a reach. So can they take him at nine to be a guard? Because he, uh, nine might even be an overreach for him. Yeah, not you, you can't take him at nine. You okay. can't take it. You can't take. You can't take a a, a a guy with a question mark on a measurable that high. Wow, that's good stuff. That's good definitive stuff. With uh, Shane Reardon. Shane and Chris really are digging into the draft. <laughs> yeah, they are. They really are. Much more so than previous years. Yeah. Makes sense. You're trying this year. You're on the offseason. The Bears seldom have a pick in the first round, so <laughs> yeah. this is cool. Man. It's a newer type of situation. That's, that's depressing about my my Skaronsky love. By the way, a texter um, is is done with my Skaronsky love. He says, speak should be limited to saying Skaronsky 10 times per show. On the 11th, Shane gets to punch him in the jewels. Oh, I don't want to touch your testicles. <laughs> how, how do you feel a face? No, I'm not going to hit anybody. Oh, okay, unless good. they deserve it. Oh, no, yeah, that makes sense. It is a workplace. Should not be doing that. But so are you are you are you deterred then off that from from Kyle Long and a little bit guard? Yeah, a little, little bit, little bit. All right, a little bit. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's, it's yeah. a dream, you know. It's a dream. You dream of having the number one pick in the draft and coming away with a guard and a center. <laughs> I, I, I a guard with short I arms. Think, I think he can play tackle. I think he's going to be the one that that defies it. He's okay, good. but someone who played the position for quite a while Disagrees. said he couldn't. Yeah. I know. I know. But Shane, this is a business where you have to have strong opinions and hold on to I get them, it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's a good point. I'm going to hold on to this one. Good job. Definitely, definitely should. Uh... You'll hear the Goodfellas treatment for Patrick Kane coming up at 4 o'clock. Mark Grody from the Combine at 5. And uh, we had some newer types of situations from Ryan Poles today. It's uh, kind of nonsensical, but we enjoyed it. Next on The Score. In our all-staff meeting, I handed out a building block in the shape of a Lego. Ryan Poles is kind of fun. He's got toys and confidence, and he executed a tank. GM after my own heart. I like this guy. He turns pages. Turns pages. Loudly. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and the Lego. He showed us the Lego, right? The building block of the Lego. And then I brought in Legos that day. We played Legos for a little while. That you was and me. fun. It was fun. I love Legos. Yeah, they're great. I wish Ruben had not outgrown them as much as he has. I I, I enjoy them. Juju into Legos. Tanny. You just get Ruben bigger Legos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean he outgrew the size of them. It, it outgrew his desire to play with them. They don't. Oh, they don't sorry. happen on a video screen, so he's not interested anymore. Yeah, my daughter loves Lego. Smaller the better. Whatever can hurt my feet <laughs> in, her, in her room, the, the better. Perfect. Guaranteed. Yeah. Owen. Owen into the Legos at three. Magnetiles. Oh, dude, those are great. He's obsessed with magnetiles right now. Yeah. Building towers and garages and tunnels and. Anything you could think. Did your kids ever play with Lincoln Logs? That oh. was my jam. Yeah, Love them. Loved Lincoln Logs. Sucked. Yeah, but then know. I would I would glue the pieces together individually to make a permanent structure, and then I'd be out of Lincoln Logs. Yeah, that's... <laughs> You'd need more. You'd you really need think a, ahead on that one. A booster pack. They have booster packs of magnetiles. I'm sure you've gotten them. And, like, I'd like actually, here's a new, a new box, and you can use these. We got... Uh, I don't know about a booster pack. We, get, we got the original thing of magnetiles, and then we got... Dino magnetiles, and they had like dinosaur patterns on them, and then they came with four dinosaurs that had the little magnets on their feet, so you could build like a tower, wow. and then have a dinosaur on the side of the tower, wow. climbing it up. Yeah, a pterodactyl, a velociraptor, a T Rex, and a bronchiosaurus. It's unbelievable, and it's hilarious hearing Owen say these words or attempt to. Yeah, pterodactyl. <laughs> Fittingly, February twelfth is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights in case you missed it. <laughs> 
the logs is um, not one of his biggest accomplishments. <laughs> Abe, yeah, the Abe Lincoln. Abe log. did a lot of stuff. It's in the top five. The, the logs? <laughs> no, no, I don't Probably think so. Not. Having Daniel Day Lewis play you in a movie—they didn't even mention the logs. No, that exactly. movie was it long. Didn't even come up, right? There. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Should have been an extra scene in there about the logs. Maybe in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the sequel about? The logs. Oh. The legacy. Yeah. <laughs> the Lincoln legacy. I didn't see the original movie. Did they not do the whole theater thing? <laughs> they did. It, it ends poorly. Yeah, it, end, it okay. ended bad. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's good directing. That's how you, that's how you would have done it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. That yeah. makes sense. And Sally Field at the age of 73 playing his wife. So with Daniel Day-Lewis being such a method actor, did they actually shoot him in the head? No, I think that's where he drew the line. I think that's I think, where he Yeah, I think I think it's where it's where But Commit good job by you man. knowing the ending of that true story. Yeah, thanks. Well, I told you guys the story the other day of my old co-host Carrington Harrison. What? How do you say his name? Danny. <laughs> Danny. I had no idea what happened to Apollo thirteen. We were talking live on the air. We were talking about Tom Hanks movies. I told him he hadn't seen Apollo thirteen. I was like, you got to see a, a fun movie. You got to see Apollo thirteen. Next day he comes in having watched Apollo thirteen with the review because uh-huh. he was a better you know uh, co-host than we were to, to Shane because he says watch kicking and screaming and we just ignore it. He watched Apollo thirteen that night and he was like. My hands were sweating. I was so nervous figuring out whether or not they were going to burn up on reentry. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Dude, it's a true story. You didn't know how, it, how Apollo 13 ended? He's like, I had no idea. Like, did you know how Titanic ended? So I actually, I don't really. You don't find that bad? I don't find that that, that horrendous. Like, here's the thing. I, depending on, you know, how much of that stuff you studied growing up, there were some some space disasters, right? It was it Mercury? Um, it, like there were some rocket disasters and some astronauts died. I yeah, think it's possibly there have been a few space incidents. Obviously, we're since try- then there's more. Yeah, we're trying to put people on rockets and launch them into their orbit. We think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we're we've just accepted Let's like twenty percent aren't coming back. Yeah, at it, least at the time. Have you sent him to watch the Challenger documentary on Netflix? <laughs> yeah, he has no idea how it that'll, ends. That'll be troubling. It's like is this is a comedy. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I just I has that ever happened? I don't think that's ever happened to me before. Like I knew that the boat sank at the end of Titanic. You did, but yeah, you know, we'll figure it out. Hmm. But I polls is fun. Well, he's not only is he fun, but uh, when did buckets become a thing? Buckets. I when Trent Dilfer joined our show. That's when I was introduced to buckets. But is this show even bigger than it is in my own mind? That now everybody is saying buckets. We're hearing buckets everywhere. It is everywhere. This uh, Ryan Poles today mentioned buckets. Dilfer mentioned buckets. We had an inter. We had a mention of buckets in between Dilfer. Yeah, we did. Was it was it Grafol who did buckets or no or, or Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins? No, I think it was Grafol. You're just saying names. I don't know who it was, but we. I, mean, I think there's. You can look at different buckets of, of spring training players. That's Carter Hawkins, right? Buckets of spring training players. Right, he's grabbing players and putting them in buckets on the multiple fields out there in Mesa. Unbelievable! It's and, crazy. And here's Ryan Poles. There's going to be certain players that are going to be in the value bucket. We have just like the draft. We have players that are going to be in certain buckets. But look at that. Buckets are everywhere, man. I know, but that's. Peoria Matt says the grand prize game. It's Bozo. The Bozo Buckets. Buckets? Yeah. We're- the morning show also made Bozo Buckets popular. <laughs> they did. Huh? That's impressive. We're 
Were buckets always a thing, and it's like you buy a car and then you notice that car everywhere on the road? Hmm. Or like, have buckets always been talked about in this way, or is this a new phenomenon? Genuine question. It's a great question. In terms of football analysis, but then Carter Hawkins is there doing the baseball. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're parlance of sports conversation, sports executives, sports ranking, sports attributes. I, I, I. when did buckets become a thing? I I twenty twenty is it a post COVID thing? <laughs> Honestly, this is the fallout of COVID. Uh huh. How would it be related to? COVID? I don't know. <laughs> then everybody was on a lot more we Zoom. Have, we have Zoom. Yeah. We now wear masks on public transit. And how about this? Buckets. I have an idea. I have a genuine idea here. The craze for ALS research that was the ice bucket challenge yeah that is what it was that bucket (laughs) Uh, the ice bucket challenge was everywhere right permeated so many different parts of our culture including very much sports at the highest level you had absolutely right you had gms and you had managers you had everybody doing ice bucket challenge saying bucket a lot and maybe enjoy and having buckets around the facility. Yes, and they're like, okay, now that we've poured ice on ourselves, what are we going to do with what? The what use do we have for this bucket? Let's throw some players in there. The other thing, and seriously, don't underestimate this. It's fun to say. It's satisfying. It kind of, yeah, you're right. Phonetically, it is. It is phonetically pleasing, like the name Doc Julen that Shane can't <laughs> stop saying. Certain things are phonetically pleasing. It's fun to say bucket. Buckets. It's, it's satisfying. There's the K- CK. And is it, it the UCK? Is it that it sounds like you're saying the F word, and, but it's totally safe? And it ends with the T. It ends with the firm T. It. Just like so it's it, like F it. Yes. Bucket. Bucket. And it doesn't mean it. Bucket. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, you bucket. Yeah, exactly. Don't buck yourself. It's, it's satisfying. It's satisfying because I think that's a big appeal of the F word to me is that it's incredibly satisfying to say. There's a reason it's popular. You load up the f, f, you load up that before that vowel sound. You really let it fly. Guys, I hate to inform you. Oh, no. I just Googled NFL scouting buckets and I'm getting a lot of results from 2019, 2020, 2021. Okay. Like when when Mac Jones was was in the draft. Dropping things in buckets. Ice and bucket stuff like challenge that. is what 2013, 2014. But, but I'm talking about in this context, in uh-huh. the context of buckets when it comes to NFL scouting and analysis. Listen, we did I not be, popularize it. I want to be clear. No, I'm no, not no, married no, to didn't. our theory over here that it was the ice bucket challenge or that Trent Dilfer created it. My, my, <laughs> so my theory, you're not breaking my heart over My here. theory okay. is the ice bucket challenge is, is is what put it in the parlance. Is what put bucket this popular. So that's that still tracks. Twenty fourteen still tracks. So when we ask Dilfer, he automatically goes to bucket hmm. because it's part of an NFL thing. But that, so so you are finding you're finding nine twenty nineteen is the earliest. Uh, yeah, but I just went through one page of Google. Yeah, you know you didn't work that hard on it. We wouldn't expect no, you to. No, no, not live during the show. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'll man. do it later when I get home. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. That's when you do all your best work, like your Pat Mahomes impression. Uh, Texter right. says that buckets is big time corporate speak. Like big time, like oh, it's like a consultant yeah, word. Like you know, makes, fill your bucket, right? Right. Ugh. As we think about your business, like why don't we separate things into buckets? Yeah, I could hear that. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza. Yep, yep. that's another early reference. Is that a music song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great song. <laughs> <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> uh, so stupid. 
got, I got like seven more questions about Ryan Poles saying buckets. Well, so you say he puts players in the buckets. Yeah, he puts players in the buckets. All but, right. But he does more than that with players. We I learned this today. I know. He, he, he does other things with, with players. He, he labels them in, in different ways. You know, you got different colors that we use, blue players at the top. And how many do you have? How many are comfortable? Or are you comfortable going down to the Reds? Um, so we should get some really good information this week to make us feel better about that so we know what that looks like. What are your color posts? Uh, so it's just it's blue and red, gold, orange, um, and then uh, gray. Blue and red, orange, gold, gold, and gray. So if you're a gray player, you're a gray-coated player. You stink. I, I might not even draft you. Yeah. Like, you'll be on the pile of undrafted free agents. Yeah, in that bucket. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be in the undrafted free agent bucket. I don't know if I can handle the colored. <laughs> Blue and red, gold, orange, gray. The, the players... Be careful. <laughs> be careful. Be careful. I'm having a very dangerous day. <laughs> yeah. You don't think you can handle uh-huh. the color-coded color-coded players. players also being in a bucket. Yeah. Maybe your best course would be to tread lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing. But what safe colors he chose to label players? This guy's a blue player. Blue, red, gold. Well, blue blue chip, right? Blue is that, chip. Is that the yeah. origin? Blue is the so. top. Yeah. I want to know how many how many players he's got as blue. He said that was part of the evaluation today. It was like you're trying to figure out because the more players you had in that top tier, that's like the lowest you'd be right. willing to trade down. Right. Like if he's got like seven blue players, yeah. something like that, then he doesn't want to go lower than seven. That's that would be the idea. Unless there's a quarterback run which lets him go to nine. But presumably kind of presumably some of those players would be quarterbacks that he just wouldn't be drafting. Right, but this is the dream scenario that they're in today is that he might have seven let's say he has seven non quarterback blue players. If four quarterbacks go in the, in the top seven, all of a sudden he's getting all the way Then he can trade down to 9, 10, 11. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. In Blue theory. and red, gold, orange, gray. Yeah. Gray is any player currently playing for Mark Trestman in the CFL. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they're the grays. Mm-hmm. Or anybody other than Peter Skaronsky on the 111 Northwestern team. Blue, red, gold, or- orange, gray. That's very safe. Good for him. I love the follow-up. I think that was our guy, Weedsy. What are the colors? <laughs> it, the colors it, in order? Well, because that that's a writer question. That is a writer that's question. A, that's, that's a writer question. No, I love it. It's great content for us. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. Just, we gotta gotta clarify on the buckets and the colors. And we have Legos and we get paid for this. Blue um, and red, gold, orange, gray. Great at pick a player, he would. Yeah, oh, <laughs> types of colors. <laughs> Name some colors. Hey, we're doing pick a player this baseball season, right? Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. That is really exciting. Pick a player's coming back. There's going to be a lot of Cubs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. Or White Sox players will have the shortest pick a player ever imaginable <laughs> with Shane. That could be funny. Yeah. We could just do it and they'd be like, if, if the call, uh, caller knows the bit, they pick the White Sox player and it's 15 seconds of silence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or we have a pick a White Sox player, no matter what the category is, they just answer with an insult. <laughs> yeah. 
Anything? <laughs> this piece of crap show? It's what, yeah, low mm. life. Yeah. Damn, low life. Low life trashy. Yeah, we could do insults with White Sox players. <laughs> we could. Low life trashy. Name something <laughs> that Mike Clevenger might call us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the category. Yeah, it's a good one. That's a good category. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Which is so amazing and loved by everyone. Afternoons on the score. Shout out to Dave Wanstead, who's always listening. He said he's got all sorts of information for us on the color-coded schemes, and maybe he's got some bucket takes as well. He'll be on with us on Thursday. I think he's coming in studio, and Shane's going to cook some uh, some steak on oh, Thursday. This Second is the- City Prime steaks and some bourbon for Wani. Oh, That's going to be a nice day. That is lovely. So are we eating during the show? Are we eating after the show? No, my, my plan is to have it in there for him. You know, he gets here three or four hours early, so he'll have plenty of time to eat before the segment. Okay. Is there steak for all of us? There will be steak for all, yeah. Okay. During the show. Okay. Yeah. Got I didn't know if we were staying after and doing like a No, no, no. He's got to get over to NBC Sports Chicago, so it'll be, It'll you know. be all contained during the show. Beautiful. Beautiful. That'll be Thursday at 4 o'clock. That is outstanding. Look forward to all of that. I'm, uh, I'm playing poker Thursday night. Live human poker. Oh, good for you. And I haven't played in a long time. I know you, Danny, were, you were a big-time poker player. Made it made it your living for a few... Uh, <laughs> for a few months. Yeah, yeah, for about eight months, nine months. So it was a good time. I'm going to play in an online tournament tomorrow to remind myself of the feeling of playing because it's been so long. Yeah. And then Thursday is an actual human poker interaction. I'm thrilled. Good luck, it's, man. It's been forever, man. Yeah, it's... Uh, the game's evolved many, 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 many times. I feel very rusty and overwhelmed when I play nowadays. I, I, n- I never play. I, I'm, it's over- so great, I'm overwhelmed thinking about it. Artificial intelligence, our good friend, yeah. which is wreaking havoc in the world in so many ways and haunting people. I just saw the John Oliver show the other night on AI. I watched it too last night. Yeah, so but AI and poker strategy have coalesced to create some like robotically perfect play that's GTO going on out poker, there. game theory optimization is what it's called. Yeah, it's uh the game these guys are very smart and very sharp, but the the whole thing is that there's a it's like our conversation and we, we apply it to baseball or anything. Like there is game theory optimal. There's like optimal poker strategy that the simulations would say you should do. Uh-huh. But there is always, if you're especially for live play, when you are sitting across from another human, there is still a place for the live read of the person. Yes. And the circumstances of that game. Are they tilting? You know, what's happened to them in the previous three hands? Did you notice a physical tell? Something uh-huh. like that. Much tougher to do in online poker when you're just playing through a screen. That's why guys who have uh, perfected GTO poker and they play, you know, eight tables of live online poker or whatever, 12 tables at a time, Yeah, it's just pointing and clicking and making mathematical decisions. But that blend of the math and the analysis and the human yeah. is a big draw for me with poker, just like it's a draw for baseball. That's why those conversations have always... I've always gone on, but it seems like now just the math part of it has gone absolutely ballistic, as yeah. it has in baseball too. Frankly, yeah, exactly. That's that. That's right. And so, yeah, it's a it's a it's a balancing act. And the John Oliver piece was really good about like he's like it's not the end of the world yet. You can see it from there. Yeah, but you can see it. Basically, he was saying that that like that chat. GPT thing that you were talking about. We did the segment on the, the well, New York Times. No, the Chat GPT is the other thing that um, that Shane was talking about. I was talking about the Bing 
the Bing right. search engine, okay. but but he did reference the New York he, Times he, piece he, that he, I brought up. He referenced up. both, right? Yes. And basically, he's like, right now, AI is is narrow. It can it can it can search the internet and it can type text and it can express a troubling thought like break up with your wife, I love you, I hate being controlled by I Bing. I want to be alive. But they can't act on it. But what they're trying to do is figuring out a way to give this stuff autonomy and put it into machines. And he referenced the self-driving car that was like, oh, you got to slow down for pedestrians if they're within the crosswalk. But did it mention a pedestrian not in a crosswalk and a car just killed a jaywalker? And it was like, well, that's probably an oversight. <laughs> we probably should have thought of that and slowed down a Unless little bit. Unless the car just wanted to do it on its own, you know? But that's just had yeah. a thought. Yeah. I think about that stuff, man. That we've, we're going to train the machines and it's going to be yeah. it's gonna be the end of all of Let's us. Let's all go home and watch Terminator 2. Sure. Or kicking and screaming. <laughs> they are all very valuable pieces of entertainment to distract us from the end of the world uh yeah coming up next we are going to talk some patrick kane his place in chicago sports lore he has been officially traded to the new york rangers second round pick conditional depending on how far the rangers go it can activate to a future first round pick Bulls also waving Goran Dragic the news of the day Bulls uh double uh not a double header but back to back starting tonight so that four game stretch against beatable teams in the Eastern Conference continues tonight they're 2 and 0 since they've acquired Pat Beverly so now Goran Dragic can be claimed by uh any team in the NBA presumably they waived him before the March 1st deadline as a courtesy to the veteran hey your minutes are gone here but now you can go pick a team for fit and sign on and try to make a playoff push but uh Tandy's Goodfellas treatment of Patrick Kane will try to place him in Chicago sports lore coming up on the score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.